Welcome to another exciting year of Knicks basketball. And welcome to another edition of the Big Nick Energy Podcast. Check out our sponsors, Empire Original Designs at jointheempire.com. The East Coast number one challenge coin manufacturer, home of challenge coins, lapels, pins, patches, keychains, bottle openers, and more. Mention our podcast, Big Nick Energy V, email for proper soft purchases. Once again, that's at jointheempire.com. I'm your host, Joe Yoke, the bald kid wonder. That's the man with the best mustache in the game, Burt, General Burt Commander himself. What's and up, Bert, what's up? We're not looking good. It's a, oh, as good God. as the week was last week. This week is just as bad. Yeah, yeah. That's what being a Knicks fan is all about, right? You know, uh, the, the highs and the lows, right? <laughs> consistently inconsistent. That's right. All right. So as we know, they won three in a row last week, but this was a new week and they've lost three in a row. To run them in order. Just to remind everyone to make us sad again. Lost on MLK Day, 1 p.m. to the Hornets. 97-87. They could have lost by 20. That last score was not indicative of how bad that game was for us. Mm-hmm. Lost to Minnesota, which I think is the worst game of the week for us. 112-110 on some really BS questionable officiating at the end. And not the best last uh, set of shots for us to try to tie the game after... Carl Anthony Towns shouldn't have even put us put them ahead in the first place. That that and one call is total BS. And then most recently last night, Bert, the worst. Like the Minnesota hurt the most with how close the game was. The worst losing to the Zion Williamson Liss, the half Brandon Ingram Liss, New Orleans constantly tanking Pelicans one hundred two ninety one in another game that wasn't as close as that final score indicates. Yeah, this is rough, man. Rough. Three game home ro- losing streak. Where do we begin? You said it, man. It's rough. It's rough. And you saw that last two minute report on the uh, the, the Minnesota game. loss. Come on, Bro. that two minute that was insulting. Why even release a two minute report if you're just going to be like, yeah, we missed basically every call for the Knicks. I <laughs> knew they lost that game the second that D'Angelo Russell just pushed R.J. Barrett in midair, got the ball, and they didn't call. It. And I'm like, oh, this game's a wrap. That's a wrap. Yeah, they were, uh, and people keep saying, oh. I know Breen says it on the broadcast all the time that, oh, the uh, refs are all new because of COVID. They're stretched thin and yada, yada. Ed Malloy has 19 seasons as has been there since we made the playoffs before Melo. He, and I'm not going to say everything he called wasn't a foul because there were a lot like the hand checking above the three-point line is a foul. The issue is why did he call so many of those little ticky tacks? Like I understand wanting to control the pace of the game. If you think it's going to be a real aggressive game, you kind of want to dial those guys back and be like, all right, I'm going to call this tight. So I get that to a certain degree, but man, they were just Grimes was getting called for every little thing. And they were and RJ wasn't getting called. Wasn't getting offensive yo. calls on shit. And we saw the same thing with Randall last night. I mean, there was a few times he got hit in the face, even no call. And they're like, oh, it's because he talks to the refs too much. He hasn't been talking to the refs. He Randall hasn't really been talking to the refs as much as he was. Maybe Not in has, game. It's the post game yeah. BS that gets to them, and they're like, oh, this guy's showing us up. Blah blah blah. You think so? Maybe you're right. Maybe you're I think right. so. Especially it's more, when it's when more a player political. gets fined for it, then that means mm. the refs are on notice. All right, that makes sense. So maybe it's all pol- politics like that, and it's like we we just rub them the wrong way. I don't know, but we definitely do not get respect 
for calls. And I, and I don't care if they're calling the game tight and they want to call those little ticky tack breakthrough and continuation and stuff like that. I'm fine with it, but call it both ways at least. Like, yes. At least give us respect. And then now look at RJ. RJ is getting more calls and missing tons of free throws. So yeah. I don't even know if I want at the line more or not. Yeah, our uh, our free throw percentage and our three point percentage last night. Oh um, no, dude, we shot. But I just 68% feel like the reps from kinda... the line on Ben real quick. Sixty percent from the line, twenty three percent from three. Mm-hmm. They took nine more threes and made mm-hmm. one less. That's horrendous. <laughs> when you put it like that, Joe. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that, you, you, you guys start? don't you guys don't think the refs are kind of relearning um, themselves? Like I know there was a lot of rule changes and. No. You know, there's a refs no. association, stuff like this. The no. only major rule change was the Trey Young James Harden thing. And they just like the players just don't even do that as much. Quickly doesn't even yeah. try to do it anymore. That no. like, they made their job easier. Hey, players, don't do this. You won't get the call. Everything else is the same. It should have been easier yeah. for them this year. Well, we could go back to when the one ref said you don't get that many calls, Julius, because you're a lot stronger than these guys. Right. So same that, thing as LeBron yeah. is like. so I mean, look at the so Shaq. Everybody's we've been talking a lot about that offensive foul last night. And it's just because it looks like an offensive foul. His knees went into him. Right. So with Randall and with RJ, it doesn't look like they're getting foul because they're so much stronger, but I don't care. Like we, you can tell when a guy's getting hit and if he gets hit, it's a foul. I don't care how strong you are. It, it needs to be called either way. It needs to be called. So we can uh, get it out of the way, and also because it's the the most viewed tweet you've had in a little hey, while. A little Lina, while. Yeah. Let's go. Hey, 10K. Mm. Uh, can we mm. talk about the Grimes call? Because again, I didn't. I'll admit it, I didn't watch yeah. the game. I watched right, the right, right. I saw what you just sent me. Um, entirely unbiased. First, before right. we get too far away from it, the score at this point was 81 to 57. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> Not really a game changer. No, it's not a game changer. It's not a game changer, but it's just the respect of the call. Like it could have been a no call just as easily, I thought. But I don't know if you're going to call anything, especially after review. I don't know. It just seemed weird that they're going to call offensive when not even the forearm from Ingram, but he actually hit his hands after he released the ball. So I'm like, he got hit touched twice before his knees did anything. So I saw the whole thing like three or four times. The Ingram yeah. touch is like really, really slight on the top. I, I know, get. but that's what I mean. If you're going to call anything though, that's I get why it. call it's, anything. it's the first, it's the first touch. It's technically the first act of like what would a foul would be, but it's like, Literally, if someone put their fingertip on your elbow and you're in street ball, you're not calling that. You just you're not like, calling it. I know it is what it is. The thing is, like yeah. Rhymes, like literally lost control of his body while landing. Like when you watch him land, just the first yeah. replay, you're like, oh my god, he just broke his ankle on that dude's foot. And yeah. then you actually stop it, and he's like a foot and a half away from Ingram's feet. It's yeah. like he just like his knees just, just baby deered. Mm. And I mean, in essence, like yeah, he didn't mean to do it, obviously, but yeah. like. Whether it's a, a, a voluntary act of your body or involuntary act of your body, like he need the shit out of him in the thigh. Yeah. I do get how it's an offensive foul. At the end. Yeah. I mean, I see why I see how they called it. I just don't agree with it at all. Not I would have rather had a no call. I think the no yeah. call would have been the best. I would have exactly. I would have been more than happy with just letting it go and being like, okay, like nothing, nothing really happened because I don't think that tap on his, yeah, it's not a foul. And I don't think the forearm was anything either. I think. He, yeah, no, dude, the form thing it's like mm. we talked about it like literally when you play basketball if you're boxing someone out you put your arm in their chest after yeah but he's shooting just, though i don't I, I he's shooting and he's coming down so you can't touch him i mean that's that's where i'm at with that but you guys want to clear the air with twitter i've seen a lot of tweets saying that uh grimes purposely buckled out his knees 
Do you guys want to clear that up? Your opinion on that? It looks like he was literally about to have to go to the hospital. I don't think he did that purposely. I don't think he did it purposefully. I think it looked like he was, he jumped higher than he wanted to and had to extend higher to get over Ingram to even get the shot up. So when he got it up and finally went to land, he landed, you know, probably an inch or two. He landed like really higher on his tippy toes than he usually does. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it looks like. So when his knees buckled out, then, then he just, I mean, I don't think he did it voluntarily at all. He kept playing uh, after that, right? Nothing. Ha- he was fine. No, no, no Ingram went. Yeah, that's he was, almost Ingram, Ingram went out. Ingram went out from there. Yeah, Ingram yeah, went out. Ingram went out. So I, I mean, they did. Was... They did spot them a twenty-four point lead with the Ingram out of the game, which mm. kind of makes it harder. That it's cool that they yeah. were able to outscore them by twelve after that words, but twenty-four yeah. is just too big of a. Still, I would have liked to see a no call on that, and I'll just leave it at that. I don't think it. Just, I we don't have to debate any of it because it just should have been a no call. It should have been fact, a no call. And the great. fact that they did call it just shows how ticky tack they have been playing, especially our rookies. Especially our rookies. We all know RJ and and Randall don't get calls, but the grime the grimes calls like he had a, he had one right after that too where it's like that wasn't even a foul i don't know what they're looking at so i don't know if you guys saw it in a lot of high foul calls every game and it's like dude he's not fouling five times in a game i don't yeah. i don't know if you guys saw it but in the game previous julius was getting hit in the head and he they weren't calling a thing for this guy yeah we were just saying every time he's driving to the basket so i maybe it's refs trying to make it more physical but not i don't know i don't Do know what know? they're thinking I have an outside the box question. Do you think mm-hmm. if the Knicks just weren't based in New York, they would be officiated like a more normal team? Nah, they have nah. the largest media, like, and have the most people that use the internet fan wise. They're the most valued franchise in the NBA, which means they have the most fans, which right. means the refs probably have to deal with the most people Ooh. bitching and complaining to them. Oh, definitely. Most, definitely. And I'm imagining if I'm a referee, I'm a pretty egotistical, narcissistic person. Sure. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna zag what people want me to do. It's like all these fans are like, "You don't make calls for my team. You don't do this. You don't do that." And be like, "Fuck you! I don't even like your team. You're right. I don't do that shit. Fuck New York. New Orleans <laughs> is gonna win because they have yeah. good jambalaya, and you guys just fucking <laughs> bitching over charge everything." <laughs> I think if the Knicks weren't the New York Knicks, they would have better calls. Joe, Maybe I think so. I think the question should be New York fans. We got to find someone to blame after every game, and it just so happens this turn it was the refs. No. Next week it'll be Tibbs. The game it's after Tibbs. it'll be whatever. It'll be Randall. And people then, are you know, still people are still on the trade Randall hype already. Trade fans Randall. always will blame someone that's not just. I mean, fans might as well blame themselves at some point. Right? And I thought Randall played really well last night. He had a ton of assists that were really nice. It's really I, right. I agree with you, Bert. He was playing facilitator last night. Maybe sometimes yeah. we don't need this guy to be the the scorer. Maybe no. like you know. No, it's still I rough agree. when he has the worst plus minus and oh yeah, fucking yeah. One for nine. I, mean, I know uh, I know he's he made great passes and I saw sure. a lot of them, but like you can't go one for nine as the leader. No, no, you can't. That's definitely not not a great efficiency, right? Like, it's like yeah, but you had, saw him recognizing assists, but they're down 15 most. Wait, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and say nine shots is nothing compared to what Julius puts up on a regular game. You gotta see the guy understood he wasn't making him and we went, okay, I'm done shooting. Well, he also got benched in the fourth quarter, so yeah. So what, what's his average amount of shots he put up? 19 a game, roughly? I don't know the average, but I'm sure, it, I'm sure it's close to that. Let's yeah. say somewhere around there, nine shots is nothing. Yeah, Randall okay. puts up uh, he puts up 19 points and shoots 41% from the field. Hey, that was pretty close. Yeah, nine, so I'm assuming it's points, probably around. Shots, though. No, I yeah, know. But, you you know. just cut it in half with the couple of free yeah. throws. He's probably shooting about 16, 17, 18 shots a game. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, yeah, I mean, it's nothing, but still, I mean, 
one for nine is still awful. I'd rather him shoot two for five, you know, three for five. I want to talk about the Minnesota game more because, I mean, the yeah. MLK game sucked. I don't, uh, yeah, that's the Pelicans game horrendous. The brutal. but like, like the last three minutes of the game, outside of the calls they didn't make, like you said it before the podcast, and I know we disagree on this. I will say it's on blue in the face. Tom Thibodeau should be a defensive coordinator version of an NBA coach. He shouldn't be a coach. Like he'll never draw up a play like Greg Popovich or Brad Stevens or Steve Kerr. And that's not or, true. He 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 does inbound plays just fine. He he's he's scored multiple times. Look at that Fournier off the curl three. I mean, that was a textbook execution of an inbounds play. So I don't I don't remember what game that was, but he's definitely capable of of coaching an offense. That the thing is his what his philosophy is it's more in in line with you know phil jackson where you're not running plays every time down the court you're letting your decision makers make decisions and unfortunately we don't have very good decision makers right that strategy works way better when you have michael jordan or kobe bryant well yeah obviously if you have the greatest in the game but he still could have i mean you could have taken michael jordan or kobe bryant and run them off you know high pick and rolls all game until you know just go for two pointers whatever or you just let them attack the game the way they want Who's happier, you know, because some players don't want to be told every time down the court what to play. And some players don't want to don't want to have the responsibility of making the play. Right. Like that's too much pressure. So it definitely takes a certain type of person in that system. But I don't I don't agree, man. I think I think Tibbs can can be a head coach. And I think with the right players, they could do it with that read and react offense where we don't need to have a drawn play every time. And when do we think do, he's the right coach for the way this team is constructed. I feel if right you're now, saying, no, I no. think is obviously every team could definitely benefit or use a point guard, but I think Tibbs is actually at more of a disadvantage by not having a point guard versus like Mike D'Antoni made Jeremy Lin a star point guard for a while. You know, there are some dudes that just know offense and know how to like, yeah, truck stuff. That's versus, without a doubt. You know, but uh, but we don't have a, I mean we don't have a point guard. We thought we thought between Kemba and Rose we could cobble together two you know good borderline elite point guards into one you know a, essentially a starter between the two of them. But well, without, we honestly but, saw both their bodies not working the whole year. Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. We were, we were <laughs> on bar, we were on borrowed time with Rose in the playoffs last year. Yeah. So that that was all borrowed, honestly. So the fact that he dragged us in, him and Noel dragged us into the playoffs last year. Yeah. Just goes to show, you know, yeah, they're they're capable of a lot, but it's the longevity and it's the health that's becoming the issue this year, and that's why we're still on the market looking for uh, for trades for a point guard. Man, what do you think, Darren Fox? I want to before we actually get into the hypothetical trades because we already did make a trade and we haven't actually talked on here since we got Cam Reddish. Joe, before you get into that, I got a little bit of beef of what what Bert said about. Uh, the, uh, uh, okay, so you said <clears throat> he lets him read and react, read and react, read and react. Right? We'll draw up these plays to start it off, and then when you're running down the court, you figure it out. Yeah. What's the fucking Basically. point of having a coach? Read and to react. Know, okay, go play to basketball. Know when it's not working, so it's pretty obvious if you ever watch a few possessions, especially last season with quickly as the point guard, it's really apparent when you can tell if he's on or not within three plays. If he's, if he is reading and reacting properly and it's really apparent when Tibbs starts calling plays or starts saying, you know, give the ball to Burks instead, give the ball to D Rose instead, give the ball to Randall instead or RJ. And he lets them read and react and work. And he goes down the list. You can see it. 
He'll go through the PG. If that doesn't work, he'll go to like Fournier maybe or Burks. That doesn't work. He'll go to Randall or RJ. And if that doesn't work, then he's running pick and rolls. Then he starts running, you know, different different screening plays for people. See, my issue with what you just said is that the pick and roll or the screen plays, the motion offense should be the first option. We don't have a point. Yeah, but that's but that's here's another another thing. Why why isn't Randall the role guy? Why is Randall setting up picks and staying at the three point line like he's Clay Thompson when he's one for nine? And that's an argument. I mean, that's definitely a valid thing to say. That needs to be coached. That's when Tom Thibodeau has to go, Julius, start driving to the basket. Julius Randle is our second to third best uh, dribbler on the court at all times, but he is the best facilitator at all times. If Mitchell Robinson can work the pick and roll, Julius Randle can work the pick and roll. How often do you ever see Julius Randle dribble into a pick and roll? Fucking never. He hands it off. Why not? He becomes the pick man. I don't know. I think it's dumb. I think he should be able to do the one actually running the pick and roll. And then we're going back into this conversation where um, Bert just said he goes down the list, right? And sees what's working. And we might have just answered the Obi question with your statement. If he's really right. going based off of your IQ, what you yeah. can do on the court, Obi's still a baby in his eyes. Yeah. And he's the ability to handle this, the ball. You know? The ability to handle the ball. And, and that and right there is the why right we decision. don't see Obi a lot. Yeah, of course. Also, much the point of Thibodeau being the right or wrong coach for this team is that he doesn't like running. He doesn't like fast pace. The main thing that that's true. I don't think that's true. I think him personally, him personally doesn't like running. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) He's like a defensive minded coach. He wants to make the game a slog. He wants the defense 24 second. Like the the, more you use the shot clock and get up shot up, the more you get to reset your defense every time. That's fair. But then why does he let? quickly and a lot of players pull early three pointers in the into to to do you know to get the two for one type of scenario i think it's just a bs thing he had to deal with with the nba adjusting in the past 10 to 12 years because of the warriors if it was up to him we'd still all be stuck in the 90s i mean but that's why we did it that's why we didn't want phil jackson that's why we didn't want hornacek and now we got tibbs a guy who won't get out of old basketball But but that's not fair because he actually does those early shot clock three-pointers that is a sign of growth and a sign of modern nba so i think you're right about randall not running the pick and roll and not actually cutting to the basket during it that's fair and valid i think but to say that he should run that right off i don't think so i think you should give your your team you know the leverage they need to actually break down the game because when when you start succeeding that way it really starts flowing and we've seen it when we're at our highs you can see that the game is just flowing He's not calling every little play because we don't need to. And then when, okay, they start coming back, he, he runs a nice play. We get some scoring and it's, it's no problem. But the problem is when he starts losing and it doesn't work, it's very easy to say, oh, he should coach this or that. And it's like, think about if you're Julius Randle, you're expected to shoot 20 times that night, make, you know, at least 80% of your free throws in a hectic environment. And during that time, you're not getting any calls. So it's like, yeah, I'm not going to, why would I run into three guys when I know if I get hacked, they're just going to blame me for missing a layup. Not the fact that I got hacked. So I'm going to, So you're going into Julius, not getting calls and that's why he's not doing it. Yeah, definitely. I want to ask you a question before we dive into that. Just real quick Mm -hmm. to go back to the pick and roll thing real fast. How many other teams that have you watched in the past five years, any non Nick, non Thibodeau team that doesn't run pick and rolls for their best player, regardless of the position. No, every every team runs pick and roll. For I would their best say player. literally yeah. say every team except for the Knicks. 
No, nah, they run Julius Randle is not the ball handler in a pick and roll situation, literally ever. But you know, I, I wouldn't want him to be the ball handler. Moves. I would want no, him but to dude, be the he's guy our rolling. he's our best player. I want him to be able to have the opportunity to set the play. He's our best distributor, right? He averages most on the team. Give him an option. Well, the what you get off a of pick and roll when you play basketball is you have an open lane for a split second. If you think of it like a football scenario, it's a quick slant. You get a quick, easy pass. That's all you're supposed to get. Julius Randle running. All right, I'm, a, I'm here with you, Joe. Pass. I could rock with that question because, like we seen last night, Julius knows how to pass the ball. He knows he's our best passer. He's pretty good. Yeah, that's a good question, Joe. But we have to write a letter to the sometimes. office. But listen, <laughs> yeah. it's more, I think it's more deadly too and more efficient when they do the dribble handoffs between the two man game between him and Fournier. You see that more often because they're both deadly at three pointers. So if one of them gets an open three, it's way way better for for the team than. You know, I agree. I mean, the, the, the goal of the modern day basketball is to get an open corner three or an open. Yeah, layup. that's the period. main goal of the game. Yeah. All that I'm saying is that we don't run it once a game. There's 100 possessions each game. Julius Randle should be the primary pick and roll ball handler fucking four times. I got a hot <laughs> question for you guys. <clears throat> Who leaves New York first, Julius or Tom? Oh, that's a good. That's a crazy question. I would you say think Thibodeau? Thibodeau. Yeah, I actually. No, I would probably... say Thibodeau. The only way I would think it would be Randall is if just he like actually asks to get out of New York. I actually think that we're gonna have his contract until it's near the end. Mm. Uh, whether it's because he actually plays up to the value or above, and when we thought we signed him, quote unquote, for a steal, um, or if he just be- plays way below it, like he unfortunately is currently, mm. and we're just like, fuck, how do we get rid of this contract? I think Julius knows if he leaves New York, he's in a situation where he will never be looked at as a number one scoring option again. I don't think he's ever going to demand a trade because this is the most important he's ever been to any organization. This is the most he's ever gotten paid. Uh, players look up to him. He's a superstar out here. You know, he's not leaving. Yeah, he's yeah. not going to ask to be traded. Yeah, Even if no, it's at I mean, the cost of our team, he's not going to ask to leave. But at the end of the day, I do have faith in Leon Rose as a front office person to actually be like, yeah. you're not, you're not what's best for the team. If I can get rid of you and get De'Aaron Fox in a first round pick and something else then- Adios. I truly think yeah. any if any star leaves New York in a bad way, they're going to end up like Melo, and so, their careers just are going to be. Nah, dude. The reason that happened to Melo is because kind of like uh, if I can make another uh, football reference to it, I because what happened with Cam Newton reminded me of Melo's situation almost to a T. Um, he wanted to be a starting quarterback. He was like, "I have it in me. I had it in me before. I made the Super Bowl." And it's like, dude, your skill set fell off a cliff. You have to know who you are, and much like Cam didn't realize until he was literally out of the league for a few months before he was signed up and like, dude, you're a backup. Maybe you get a couple starts, but you're a backup. It's what you're meant to be. Melo had literally had to be dropped by bought out by multiple teams, leave the league for 18 months and then come back and be like, dude, you're a six man. It's who you are. You can't play defense. You have a good shop. You can't drive like you used to like play the role. You actually are skillful enough to play. Stop pretending to be what you're not anymore. I know you used to be that guy, and your ego gets in the way of you being that guy anymore. Do you want to stay that guy? But you're not, and you can't. You need to play in the eye, eyesight of the team and the coach. Mic dropped. Dead air, <laughs> dead air, dead air. No, so you think. Uh, <laughs> listen, I think. It's a dramatic right. pause. I like that. I, Don't edit that out. No, though. no, I think you're right that. If he does ask for a trade, yeah, he might end up just like Melo, but I don't think he's going to ask for one. Like Joe said, he's he'd be he'd be foolish to ask for. One. He's not going to leave. 
But I think honestly, like also he would be way younger than Mello was when that happened to him. He's yeah, only 27 exa- right now. Exactly. Yeah. Randall is he looks deceivingly older than he is. So, <laughs> no, he does. He, he looks like he he's does. 30. Dude, something. he looks like he's as old as LeBron. He's like he's, he got some, he's got is he on is the wrinkles. He's he's yeah. got those concerned wrinkles, you know, like he's been he's been through some shit. Yo, <laughs> we gotta do a shit. we gotta do a comparison. Maybe we'll do a meme of this of guys on their first year of the Knicks and the year they leave. Oh God! Okay, and see what they look like. Oh, like the Obama first <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are the <laughs> best. When they went gray and shit. Yeah. So all right, let's go. You you mentioned Fox. You mentioned Reddish. Like, let's get these let's get these trade talks out the way. Oh, we never even talked about it. Yeah, I want to yeah. talk because the whole point guard thing. Like, what? Like, I see Cam Reddish point guard like talk on Twitter yeah. all the time. What in his NBA career outside of him being a point guard in high school? indicates yeah. he could be an nba point guard i don't think he's got the handle for it he's quick i know that he's quick he has a he's great first quick. step great first step exactly he's gonna be on the right side and rj is gonna be on that left side and that's like those are two wings that you don't want to mess with that's nice yeah yeah that's nice so both strong guys I gotta, say, point guard. I, I gotta say i don't get the hype about signing all these duke guys it's like let's just put the college team back together what i don't, I don't think... see the hype I don't think Duke I didn't do even it. win the championship. That's what I'm saying. I don't see the, the hype. Five best players. I, I think it's more coincidence. It's just coincidence. I don't think it matters. Like where they where they play. Like college. let's get let's get Zion back in here. It's like okay, let's put a college team together. What the fuck? I mean, and I was really hoping you were going to give me a pity laugh out of the world eatery tour I joke I made. I I don't listen half the time, Joe. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. I just to oh man. Let's so yeah go he, go into this go into this trade go ahead guys he's not he's not a point guard though that's uh, without a doubt we still need a point guard so Dude, who's point whose minutes does Reddish eat into is it just Fournier and Burks and then everyone else basically yeah. stays the same yeah like Fournier Burks, Burks. Burks and Fournier both wait that's like assuming you're assuming Thibodeau gets this guy healthy and he goes all right you're in he's a he he's really close to playing yeah, and he I just mean said. we well, lost you, three in a row and two of them look bad there's no reason we're yeah. not going to play the new player we got he, he's going to play for sure interesting interesting yeah he might even start honestly like I don't see that happening immediately not maybe immediately. down the line yeah yeah Definitely. but I mean also with COVID and injuries and stuff like you, yeah, Cam, Reddish, Cam Reddish would seem like you'd be the next man to start on the way the team's currently constructed until Rose gets back Guys, personally, I, I I know like Fournier has been playing like shit, but there's no way. Me personally, I'm putting Cam Reddish over Evan Fournier. Not yet, at least. Not yet, get, at least. He's gonna get the Obi treatment, and you know it. We all know yeah. it. Yeah, that's probably fair. I don't know about that because Cam Reddish does have way more skills on the basketball oh, court yeah. that Thibodeau likes than Obi does. Cam Reddish is a no. Is seen. No, I hear what you're saying, Joe. Yeah, his maybe. metrics say no, but he's seen as a plus defender and he's seen as a good distributor. So. He's better than Obi, but you got guys who have already proved themselves in the league that he knows this is what I can expect out of these guys. I'm going to run these guys and you get bench time. You're like Grimes. You're like Obi. Maybe next year we'll work you in. Yeah. 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 It sounds about right. That's why uh, to go back to the, why I think Thibodeau would be the first one to leave is because the main clamoring, especially if you're a front office that is seen as having good draft picks and then your coach doesn't play your good draft picks. You blame the coach. I mean, but we can all see that Obi's getting as many minutes as he's, as he's earned. I think he's earned more, especially when Randall's doing poorly. Like I, I'm not ever saying that I want Randall to play 30 minutes. Like, like you're like sometimes RJ literally gets benched for like half the fourth quarter, and it's I think it's because of his age more than anything else, and it's like a learning experience for some reason in Tibbs' mind. Randall's like beyond the learning experiences, and he has to just shoot or like figure himself out of it. Like there are some times where it's like Obi is 
part of the team that led this surge. And he's like a plus 12 at the moment. And then they're like, well, we're only down four now. Let's bring Randall back in. Randall just went one for eight with five turnovers. Why are we bringing him back in the game if this dude's doing what he's supposed to? Well, I think the situation is um, they're like, okay, we're still in. We're still in. We might make the playoffs mode. I think as soon as those dreams are crushed, we're going to see less of our starters and more. We're going to be competing for that 10 seed at the end of the year, man. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to. There's never going to be tank mode. That's never going to happen. That's actually why the NBA. Damn it. Maybe. Maybe I don't like Thibodeau. I said it. Maybe I don't like him. Okay, that's a weird opinion. It's okay. also not even like a full, like a full thing you just said. You're like, maybe I don't like him a little. I don't know. I'll, I'll figure it out after these next couple <laughs> games when Cam because, comes back. Because wait, because why? Because Obi doesn't get enough minutes. Also, because, guys, Thibodeau's because best, he's a stubborn eight man rotation guy. He plays I, ten men all the time. Oh, Two of them happen to get twelve or less minutes. Um, ten. If off, the moon is in crescent, then he'll yeah. play ten. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, well, it's a blue moon twice a year. Uh, also, dude. I mean, guys, we all know Thibodeau's at the peak of his powers when he has Derrick Rose available. That's true. <laughs> He's if not missing. for Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson, then I mean, yeah. who is Tom Thibodeau? Who is I he? I really <laughs> want to see footage of Thibodeau at, at Derrick Rose's wedding as best man. I think that'll be the highlight of, of Knicks fans year. Was he his best man? He's going to be. Yeah, he's, he's just, yeah, so to be no his best man. Fucking way. Yeah, dude. Yo, what kind of Knicks <laughs> podcaster are you, bro? <laughs> How do I? I just miss. You know what? I don't. I don't see dumb shit. Then Derrick Rose's best man for his wedding. While that's great for content, you, it, it seemed to be funny. Has no impact on their day to day or the game itself. It, it definitely does. It definitely does know, have yeah. affect the day to day. That's his best man. That means that's like that's the life person to life. he. Yeah, he. <laughs> Yo, he most. he schmoozed him to get that contract extension. He's like, he's like, Tibbs, I ain't done yet, bro. Like, come on, you give me two more years, I'll give you best man. He's like, all right, deal. You know what sucks is that talk about what do you mean schmooze him? He was fucking our best player before he got hurt. Yeah, exactly. Mind you, he's out eight weeks now, six, eight weeks. I think hey, we're, hey, all, it was we're almost weeks. halfway done. It was six weeks, like two weeks ago. So yeah, we're almost probably, halfway there. We'll so, it's more like four. so NBA timeline, still six weeks. Yeah, I don't know. No, I mean, it's like four weeks. Also, weeks. Derek Rose, it could be next week, it could be next year. We don't really know. As long as it's not as long as Zion Williamson. Am I right? So listen, are we trading or not? Do we want Darren Fox? Do we want Ben Simmons? Oh, man, someone said Ben Simmons would trade Randall for Ben Simmons. Yeah. I would do that I've been in saying a that. For, I would do that. What? I remember I was saying this over the summer what? and everyone thought I was crazy. Ben Simmons is a way better version. At yeah. least he doesn't try to shoot threes and he runs the pick yeah. and roll. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> It'd be everything you want. Yep. Yeah. Full pick and roll. Oh no, God. no threes, just always crashing. You know the what best. I want more than no, my thing was I, that I wanted Julius Randall and Simmons to be four or five, like play the four or five and not have a center. You're crazy. That's the most insane thing I've ever heard. They're and both people, they're six, people, eight, and six, eleven. People, people who want Randall to play four or five are insane. I just, I don't know what you think. Joey's always had this mentality about small ball basketball. This is nothing he, new because he's short. All short people want small ball to be re- real, and it's just—it's so like, not true. Now, my favorite I, player in the NBA is Nikola Jokic. Okay, he's a pure so, center. He just also is actually good at ball handling, distributing, and shooting the three. Yeah, like, he's like he's I want—I want a five that can shoot the three well. Why? It just helps. We had that the floor. It we got rid matter. of that. We had Kristaps Porzingis. We had that. We that did it. And stay on the court. It's just not necessary. I like Mitch. Mitch has been killing it lately. Yeah, Mitch has work. been killing it lately. He has been, been a getting, plus for our team. Yo, 
His, did you see the last night his offensive rebounds? He ripped like three yeah. offensive rebounds over Valanciunas. I was like, yo, those are big man moves. That's why seeing the that's why seeing the end of the game. Also, he was the only starter that had a plus minus that was yeah. better than negative ten. Do you yeah, notice he, he cut a lot of weight too? He's he looks a little yeah. more lean now. Yeah, he got a lot skinnier. Yeah, he, yeah, he lost yeah he's back weight. down to two fifty versus the two eighty he was at. Yeah, crazy. No, he looks good, man. And it's like his footwork has been looking nice. Like, hasn't been falling down as much. He's just been getting yeah, in. Yeah, Bert. I was going to say that. He doesn't look like a baby deer as much anymore. No, he's been very, very agile, versatile, dexterous. If he took that three-point shot last night, his knees wouldn't have buckled Yo. into Brandon Ingram. <laughs> You're probably Yeah, it would have right. buckled into his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but Mitch is looking looking good though. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's nice to have like a Miles Turner type. But look, Miles Turner's hurt. I don't even want to trade for him now. Nobody's even talking about him. They were trying to get that uh that trade done, get all that talk out the way, and they're not even going to be able to move him now. Do you think I don't, we're done? Do you think we're I done with trades? No, I don't know if no. we're done with trades or not. I think there's still one more move, but I, and I also don't see that we're having the Mitch and Noel center backup center experience next year, one way or another. No, I think one no. of those guys is gonna be gone by the offseason. One of them, definitely. Most well, likely Mitch, because we haven't re-signed him. He's going to be a restricted free agent. You know what's going to yeah. happen is that someone's going to offer Mitch the poison pill style contract. They're going to be like, all right, four years, 80 mil. The first two years are 10. The next two are 30. Yep. Player option. And we're going to be like, all right, yep. I mean, that's the end of that shit. We're not signing him. I You're like right. Think, I like to think Mitch likes it here. But since I am a content guy and I really live and breathe on a lot of these people's social media, you see how much he is like a country boy. So yeah. I could I could see he likes him, cars and peace, dude. I could see him going to like Dallas. I could see him going to maybe Miami, something like that, for yeah, sure. I mean, I mean Miami I is the opposite of country, but he just loves cars and loves his daughter. Yeah. I don't think uh, I really don't think Mitch is on our team in a year from now. And for what I know, we all are saying Mitch Mitch is playing his best basketball right now, which honestly is the best timing to get his trade value the highest versus him help us compete for a playoff spot, in my opinion. Give me a second. Pause it. All right. All right. So, I mean, outside of Mitch potentially playing his value, trade value the highest, or who do you think we are would trade for? Is it Brunson? Is it Darren Fox? Like, who would we even be getting before the trade deadline? If uh, I don't know. I, I, I hesitate to do any, any more Mavericks trades. They love our players. I don't know why. I don't you know. You should why. love their players, man. How do we have Luca? <laughs> mm. So. To give to get Brunson, I don't know what would they even want for him, really. Like, what is Brunson actually worth? Because isn't he averaging like eleven points right now? Like worth a mid-level first, right? I mean, you give him the twentieth pick, it's about where he would be drafted currently, anyway. He is a yeah, steadying yeah. presence as a backup point guard. And we have as to. We've we seen have to, over and over again. We don't who, really have two point guards on our team. Yeah, right, right. Who would we send out though? I mean, obviously, we need a point guard. I'm not. I don't even think there's any centers on the market right now that I would take, other than like Jokic or. Probably just Jokic or Giannis, obviously, but um, Joel Embiid available. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there. Oh wait, so you don't want Mo Bamba? No, no, no. So there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, point guards though. So Brunson, I think, is a good option. That's probably fairly cheap. He seems the most realistic and affordable. But like, this, if, what would you get a first round pick, and then who do we I, give out? Like a ride or someone? I don't know. Who's even on our bench anymore? I don't even know. Yeah, Burks. I guess they would. They'd probably want McBride, maybe Burks, maybe Fournier. I mean, I think Fournier is even too much. So, yeah, I think Fournier is actually. If if you get from Fournier, you're not getting a first round pick too. Maybe Fournier yeah. and a second for Brunson. There, I don't know. There's always there's always three team three team trades though. That's an option. So you just 
Let's tour it around my brain around for a podcast. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but if we're looking at, you know, Darren Fox, what's going on with Sacramento? First, Halliburton and Fox are available, and now none of them are available. So I don't even know what to think. Uh, that's only for Ben Simmons. And like, did you see oh, the crazy that? trade that it was proposed? Like yeah. the, the hypothetical? Yeah. Simmons, Tybal, and Harris for Fox, Halliburton, and multiple firsts. It's like insane. That's two major franchises changing, like drastically yeah. changing. Was it Maury Not, that said no? I don't know. I'm, I thought I thought I read that it was Maury that said no. And I was like, yo, why would he say no to that? But Craziness. I mean, what are you, because if he's in win now mode and then you don't have your starting yeah. four who scores 20 a game. And yeah. I mean, Ben Simmons is not playing obviously, but right. Tybal is your best defensive perimeter guy without Simmons. And then you lose your starting four. Who's a borderline all-star at his peak. Like you go from competing now to competing in two years. And with Joel Embiid's knees, it's like, you have two years. You never really know. No, you don't have two years for them. So, so I don't know. I like uh, I like Fox though. I think he would fit with us really well. People are like, oh, he's inefficient. But guess what? I don't want him shooting that much anyway. So he only has he's only inefficient. Same thing with Reddish. Oh, inefficient two pointers. You ever think he's taking inefficient two pointers because he doesn't want to be in Atlanta anymore? And he's just like, ah, coach doesn't want me shooting these long twos, so I'm just gonna take a couple of these. Yeah, or it's just like, like you guys aren't even giving me like I shoot 38 percent from three, but you're not giving me any three balls, so I'm just gonna make my own shit happen. Exactly, exactly. So with Fox, it's like, yeah, he's shooting a ton inefficiently, but because he's like the number one option, he's like the only option over there. So yeah. what else is he supposed to do? I mean, Buddy Heald is a good option for shooting. Yeah. Not yeah. for much else. Not anything really else. Really only so. shooting. What's, <laughs> what's Fox's assist numbers look like? He, he's decent with the assists. Seven. Seven-ish. That's good. That's yeah, good. Yeah, no, it's solid. He's that's a what I'm good saying. NBA point guard. Yeah, he's, that's what I'm saying. He's a max. He's a borderline max contract point guard for a reason. Because he's earned definitely, it. Definitely borderline. So I don't know what I would give up for him. I'm not even going to say what I would because it's really hard for me to... I always undervalue other teams' players. So. And you overvalue your own, yeah. Of course, of course. So with Brunson, obviously, like I'd like to do just one player in a pick, if that. But Fox is probably two picks and two players, if anything. Yeah, so. it's the Fox is definitely two first round picks. Um, yeah, it would probably have to be two players. Yeah. While you guys are sitting here talking, I just looked at the uh, Big Nick Energy Twitter uh-huh. at Big Nick Energy underscore, and I don't know how I missed that. Uh, Evan Fournier, at, I think it was at the half, was like tugging Julius's arm to talk to him oh, and Julius yeah, yeah. spun around and did you see popper though go to go to popper everybody's making a lot of out of this but uh the way popper put it he tweeted it when, when it happened at halftime and he was basically saying fournier saved him from getting another technical because randall was going at the ref fournier got in between them and he kind of like ah whatever don't tell I me do to calm like down randall sort of and thing. fournier have like an odd level of like respect and appreciation yeah, for yeah definitely definitely yeah, i so, just saw uh, maybe i saw it wrong maybe it's out of context like the media can do oh but that just bro. frustrated the shit out of me no people are making it what it's not they're trying to say like oh randall's pissed if he's not fournier's telling him to calm down and randall's saying i am calm yeah yeah you know what i mean that's all it is yeah no, no I'm one not, likes I'm... to be told to calm down you know what i mean yeah, try to say it to your wife or girlfriend and see how it goes. I bet oh, you no. calm down are the two worst words to say. No, yeah. I'm never going to say that. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, exactly. not, I'm not overthinking that one. I'm not yeah. overthinking that one. I think. Yeah, no, fine. I'm not that worried about it. I do yeah. think uh, I think Fournier, Burks and uh, Kemba are all really good guys when it comes to calming down the other players on our team. Yeah. Definitely. Also notice that is something that you get with experience, which is why Thibodeau, I think it's like the little nuances like that, that he always sticks with veterans. It's like. Grimes quickly, Obi aren't really calming down 
Julius Randle at any point. Yeah. Maybe RJ no. can just from like a skill set standpoint, but it's like yeah. you have to rely on Fournier, you have to rely on Kemba, Burks, maybe like Noel, stuff like that. So and we gotta, it would seem like if he's doing that, that he's actually yelling at the person calling him, not what he's really yelling about. We yeah. got a live tweet from Ange while we're on air that mm-hmm. you guys might want to touch on. This is what it says. It goes, the same Julius Randle whom told the Knicks fans to STFU is scoring four points against the worst teams in the league and ducking the media for the past two weeks. I wasn't really one of those guys that was mad about Randle's thumb down, but this behavior is totally uncalled for. What do you guys I got mean, for that? What do you mean? He... I don't know. I'd take a sip of my coffee to really think about it. I don't know. Randall strikes me as the type where he kind of lets the outward stuff affect him. Like that's an emotional guy. Yeah. People are saying he did better in the bubble because there was no fans and maybe there's some truth to that. And maybe, you know, he obviously doesn't like the booing. He doesn't like, I don't think he likes the MVP chance when he's at the foul line, you know, it all gets in your head. Right. So I think avoiding the media is just not giving them another soundbite, you know? You know how like they always say that that uh, when NBA players actually show up and play a game of street ball or like they like show up to an empty gym and like no matter how good they are in the NBA, like shooting percentage wise, you're like, oh, this dude shoots fucking 38 percent. He's going to be trash here. And then they make every shot. It's because there's no fans and no pressure. The way sure. they got to the NBA is by well, and no competition, Joe. I mean, if you're well, going no to- competition, too, but it's like like they're, like when these guys are playing in like open gyms or like on street balls and shit like that. A lot of those guys were like war professionals overseas or like yeah. did play D1 college ball. And it's but like, so that goes the, in. That's like putting Julius up, up against everybody in the G League. He's going to no, wait. No, no, no. But I, I was just my point was that like you're you think in your head, this dude shoots 38 percent from three. He's not going to make any of these. And he makes 10 in a row. It's because there's no pressure. There's no fans there. There's no one distracting you. It's just so you and the guy ahead of you. you also, maybe, the guy ahead of you is worse than you. But like it's also just there's no one else. You got to have some sort of special mentality to play in New York and be New York star. Definitely. You have to. You're going to get it from all angles. You're like more important than the mayor to us if you're the, the NBA star in, on the Knicks, right? Yeah. So, so maybe he's just not built for it mentally. Maybe, but he's from Dallas. Look at the, like look the, at the attention he was getting. Biggest city. It's not like think, a small But think place. about the attention he was getting before New York. It was barely any. Yeah, because that, we just watched it. He played in New Orleans. They have no fans. That's what I'm yeah. saying. And then he comes to New York, and he's the most famous he's ever been in his life. He can't walk the streets. Everybody knows who he is now. Yeah, I you guess. Know, maybe go back to New Orleans, Julius. Now, why are you, All right. Now you lost your mic privileges. That's you fine. I don't want to talk anymore anyway. Yeah, good. Oh, God. You had to ask questions at the end too now you can't even ask us all right Bert. we already we've been on for almost an hour so i feel like we've got uh, a lot out of our mind i'm gonna read off to you the next couple of games we got and see tell me if you think we're gonna win or lose any of these then we'll gtfo all right you know clippers is a win all right i like the uh i'm gonna say loss Bert, it I is love a sunday <laughs> it's a sunday matinee game and that has not gone our way easy win bro. aren't we like one easy. in five on games before 7 p.m this year or some shit I'm sure that's probably right, but it's not good. Uh, we play that, that the Cavs. We're, we're oh, ready the for Clippers Cavs back to back. You know what's going to be wild is that we are going to win both of these in some crazy scenario. Because that's right. Two the team we have two exactly. The next three games are Clippers at Cavs and then at the Heat. And I think we're going to go two and one because this team just when you think they're going to suck, they do great, and just when you think they got it going, they get they lose three in a row, including two to losing games. How many of those are at home, if any, Joe? It's just the Clippers. The other two are on the road. I think we're a better road team than home team. The Clippers is the Sunday matinee. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then they fly straight to Cleveland after the game. I actually do. I think there is something to us being a better road team than home team because I think the New York crowd is starting to get to the Randall, specifically sure. our players as a whole. Definitely. I mean, this, the, the, I think the stats prove it too. Clyde is even saying it. You know, they are, we're way better on the road than at home. Yeah, we shoot better. It's the wildest thing. We just we shoot better. We we don't defend as well. Our defense at home, like our defense these past few games, has been really good. They're shooting it's been fucking good. like thirty percent. That's trash. You can't shoot 30%. Not even, even Vin shoots better than 30% now. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa there, Joe. I actually assure you that he does not. He 29, 29%, <laughs> yeah. my friend, 29. Yeah, don't give, don't give you that extra point. I was Please don't. Yeah, All right, well, Bert, any, any last words before we uh, close this factory of sadness? By the way, no, both no. the Knicks and the Stock Exchange suck this week, so it's just a New York bonanza failure. So does Bitcoin. Bitcoin sucks this week, too. I was included in the stock exchange thing, I guess, kind of crypto. I don't know. I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday. I think it's a win. I think we could probably beat Cleveland too. But uh, my we got a spread on that, Joe. We know we need your guys' not, take on the spread. Nah, not, not yet. yet. Nah, they don't release it till the day, the day of or the day before. Yeah. Who won There's, the last one between you two? Uh, yeah, we both went one and one. One one. All right, here we go. Yeah, we know. <laughs> We're just gonna bet over unders for the rest of the year. Right, exactly. You never bet against your team if you're just rooting for scoring or no scoring. What a perfect prize pick segue, Joe. Thank you. Well, Finn, you should check out our sponsor first at Empire Original Designs at jointheempire.com. The East Coast now number one challenge coin manufacturer, the home of challenge coins, lapels, pins, patches, keychains, bottle loopers, and more. Mention our podcast, Big Nick Energy, via email for 5% off purchases. Once again, that's at jointheempire.com. Let's go, Knicks. Bert, sign off for us. Let's go, Knicks. Peace.